Hey, everybody out there. I just wanted to invite you guys to Rise Above Podcast. And I'm so excited today that we're going to learn about small businesses and how to rise above small business during the pandemic. And these three ladies I have right here are doing well. <laughs> um, I am impressed by how they're walking out their business during this season. And I wanted to share their knowledge with you guys. I wanted to share what's going on in their lives and how they're rising above this whole thing, especially as small business owners. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to have them introduce themselves and where, what is their company and where they're located at. So Tina, go first. I am Tina Johnson. I own Shine Boutique in Greenwood and I also own um, Shine Your Light Candles brand. Oh, you own the brand? That's cool. I own the brand. That's cool. You betcha. That's cool. And uh, Emily, why don't you go next? So I'm Emily. Uh, my husband Rex and I own Furnishings. It's in historic downtown Lee. Cool. All right. And last but not least. Hello, I'm Sarah Darby and I own Bloom Baking Company. We have a location in the River Market in downtown Kansas City, and we recently opened a second location at 10th and Main, also in downtown Kansas City. Wow, that's so cool. I just love each of you guys' businesses. I love what you're doing. Um, so how, well, I wanted to ask you one question. What lesson have you guys learned through this whole pandemic process, through your business and small business? Anybody can go first. I'm happy to go first on that one. Um, I thought a little bit about that and there are several things, but just to kind of condense it, I've learned um, the difference between sympathy and empathy is huge um, when you're going through a struggle like a shutdown and you own a small business. Sympathy um, people, you know, are sorry and it's a good thing um, but empathy is so different because uh, people come alongside you and they throw themselves in your Just a small example, um, you know, my salary position stopped. I went to open um, our boutique, which we self-invested. So all of our resources personally were um, bound up. And um, here I was, I couldn't open. We were sitting on all this inventory. I couldn't do anything with that. So Sarah from Bloom Baking Company, she didn't only have sympathy, but she had empathy. She threw herself in my shoes. She invited us to, she didn't give us anything, of course, but it was more of an inviting and empathy. Um, God bless the work of my hands because she had said, hey, let me include you in our Mother's Day baskets or let me include you um, in the pop-up that we're actually going to be having uh, the end of, or I'm sorry, yeah, the end of this week. So um, I think the empathy part has been a blessing to me more so than the sympathy at this point. Wow, that's yeah. good. Okay, anybody else? Oh, sorry, I muted you guys. <laughs> Just unmute yourselves. When you're ready to talk. Uh, I, I can go next, Steph. Yeah. That, that was very sweet, Tina. Thank you. I, I like that sympathy versus empathy. I would say for me, it's my lesson was a little bit more 
uh, basic and visceral. It was, it's really, I felt this overwhelming fight or flight sense. And, you know, for the restaurant world, we were faced really quickly with decisions as to how we were going to navigate this. And basically you had two options, either you were going to close or you were going to, you know, remain open and being open in the former fashion that we knew before was just not an option. So I think my biggest lesson and my biggest takeaway was just basic uh, needing to have it within you to constantly evolve and no idea is silly. And you just really have to continue to be creative and think outside the box. Um, and this has taught me a lot about needing to have a box where I'm constantly putting ideas in there for down the road, whether it's useful now or not. And I think that that helped us be able to pull from ideas that we had maybe had in the past that weren't feasible at the time, but made sense in this current situation where we just kind of dipped into that box and said, hey, we talked about this at one point. I wonder if this would be applicable now. Let's try it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Emily. Sorry. Being creative was what we had to do because we were deemed non-essential. So the guidelines were really strict of what we could and couldn't do. So, you know, we couldn't do curbside, but we could hire a courier. So we could, you know, same kind of thing Sarah said, coming up with ideas like how can we engage our customer and we were sitting on all of our spring merchandise. And so we were like, how do we move this Easter stuff? I mean, it was March, Easter, Easter was not till April 12th. So, you know, coming up with ideas and we came up with grab bags. And I mean, we came up with that idea. I, I do FabFitFun, I subscribe. I don't, I'm so excited. I don't know what's in that box. So I was like, how can we bring our camera stuff to the customer? And we went and posted on our Facebook at 6 a.m. and we sold out of the bags by 7 a.m. I mean, so people just, then we hired a company to go deliver it to their door safely and said your camera and packages will arrive. So just being creative with the guidelines, like Sarah said, thinking out, can we still engage our customer with these strict guidelines and still, you know, our business, we just bought Cameron's in October, so we were pretty new to the pandemic hit. So just being creative and how we could still engage with our customers in these times. Yeah. And that's what I loved about all three of you. Tina started right at the beginning of the pandemic. Emily started soon, you know, had some momentum, but then it started. And then Sarah's been in business for a while. So I thought, what a different perspective from all three of you in the midst of it. Tina, what <clears throat> motivated you to keep going in the midst of this, to keep setting up your business? Oh, my motivation is easy, actually. Um, I'm a part of something bigger than myself and bigger than my business, and that comes with my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, give up is not in my vocabulary, has never been in my vocabulary. Um, God doesn't promise me that, I'm going to stay in business. He does promise me, though, that he's going to provide for my needs. He's my Jehovah Jireh. And so with that being said, um, he also says he's going to bless the work of my hands. 
so I've been working like nonstop crazy. We've totally redone our business plan, I think, 18 times now. And my husband, Doug, has not only been working his job, but helping clear candles so we can do farmer's markets. Um, my girls have been working those farmer's markets, Ella and Lydia. Um, Ava's been drug around to every place you can imagine. And my older kids are jumping in and marketing also. And so um, it's actually been kind of more of a, a family blessing than anything, only because we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, agreed. Wow. Yeah. That was good. So <clears throat> what's one, well, you guys have all mentioned your one creative way that you, is, is there any other creative ways you decided to step out and try during your small business, during, in your small business during this time? Any I others? step out of my comfort zone. Um, I, you know, this is new, new business owner. And if you, anybody's met my husband, he's a good personality. He's fine on camera. But for me, like videos and things, but it, I just had to reach my company. So I would bring cameras home every weekend. I would load up my car and I would do a video. And the videos took off every weekend. I redid my mantle, showed them everything that you could do, redid my entryway, my master closet. But I to that thing. Rex is usually the one that does the videos. He's comfortable. But he, because of the pandemic, ended up having to get a job. So I was like, all right, I've got to get out of the thing where Rex is behind the camera and I have to get in front of it and reach the customers. And it was so successful that people were like, okay, what room are you going to do next? And all right. So well, that was really, But how fun. affirming, but how affirming to know that you stepped out and you did that and it like took off. So it's almost it, like, should I continue this in some yeah. way? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I agree with, with Emily. I had a very similar situation. You know, we've had about five iterations of a business plan that still is not written down up to this point. Um, we started out doing uh, home delivery meal kits and with the intention of being able to donate some food to people in need. And the meal kits were great. I was able to keep 15 employees, my, my 15 employees working during that time, but that kind of blossomed into this other program where we were able to feed uh, almost 4,000 frontline workers all over town. And it gave us a whole nother kind of a, a separate catering service. And we were ill-equipped to do either because just space-wise and, you know, the, the type of equipment that we have, we were making enchiladas and meatloaf and like bakery ovens or not. They're, it's not really sufficient, but we made it work, and yeah, the place was a mess. It was chaos, and my lobby was set up with boxes and catering supplies. But I ended up doing, I think, ten different news spots, and that is—I feel the same way. That's not my my comfort zone. I don't like being on camera and being the the center of attention. But I felt like if other people were going to invest in us, that. I had to do my part and kind of own that piece of it, own my brand and give the story behind why we were doing this. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I, was a, I worked as a registered nurse for 15 years and I have a lot of nursing family, a lot of medical family, obviously lots of friends in the community still. So when we identified that there was an opportunity to not only support our business through this, 
but give back in a way that we felt like was doing good, the whole story kind of came together. And it didn't make a lot of sense unless somebody's going to tell it. And that person obviously is me. So I had to get over that, that fear. I still don't like it. I was nervous every single time I had um, in a news interview and I was doing live spots on the morning news and having news crews follow me to these hospitals. And it was completely um, terrifying still, but it, it got our message across and we were able to, to allow people to kind of join us in that process. And it ended up, ended up being a lot of fun, you know, in spite of everything and the reasons we were there. Um, I think in the long run, it will end up being good for the business too. We got a lot of brand recognition and made a lot of new contacts that will be able to uh, continue to patronize us in the future. But I loved that. I love that you reached out to the community and tied them into the process. That was actually really cool that you did that. Um, <clears throat> so what do you think? So going back to, we are believers. We know each other from church. So what's one thing, I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to say you don't have to have a verse, but what's one thing about God's character or verse specific that got you through and is still getting through you through this time as a specific small business owner? I think for me, um, Stephanie, it's um, God shall supply, which I already kind of touched on, but God shall supply all our needs according to his glory in Christ Jesus. Um, and if you look at the context of the scripture in Philippians 4, um, he talks a whole lot more about being content than he does actually um, the providing part. And so anytime, you know, I, I've cried. Absolutely. I've bawled like a baby. But it's because I was genuinely sad. I was like mourning that we couldn't have a grand opening. And I had put my family into this position, like, holy mackerel, you know, I, I was so sad. But then I would always go back to, I've got to be content, because I was the one being harder on myself. Nobody else was being hard on me at all. So I think that that, that whole text of scripture in Philippians 4 is, is what I've been carrying through this time. Very cool. Very cool. Anybody else? I think that I really focused, um, you know, fear was really at the beginning of this, the fear for my business, for my family, for my workers that I had to, you know, furlough. And, and you know, I, I'd feel that fear that I would scripture and I'd look up that had to do with fear, especially in the beginning. Um, lots of worship songs, you know, I mean, I would sit here sometimes and I'd look I'd the fear taking over and I would just start singing to myself fear is a liar you know and things that that was really like for me at the beginning because you just didn't know you know turn the tv on and the fear would I'd feel it again coming and I'm like I've got to release this fear and so that really helped it for me for, you know looking at those verses and reading them and you know, I'd still come to Cameron's every day nothing quite felt normal and I think that was the thing is like that became my routine every day, like putting on worship music, create a new routine, a new normal was really good for me. How about you, sir? So I, 
I have a very similar response to Emily again, um, that the fear was a huge part of it. It's this unknown for everybody and you're not, for us being considered an essential business, we were fearful for our business. And as Tina said, you know, the financial side of it, but I also had a lot of fear around making the right decisions from a health standpoint, you know, am I, am I exposing people? We didn't know enough about this yet to really have an idea of what the impact was going to be. And, um, was I exposing people unnecessarily was, you know, every decision that we were making had so much more weight. I felt like, because I was having to weigh it from multiple perspectives and it, it was scary. I mean, it, it still is not, not over obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. but, um, you know, as, as Emily mentioned, the, the song by Zach Williams of, of fear, he's a liar. And he talks about, it'll take your breath it'll take your rest and he tells you you're not strong enough but the end in the end you you have to cast that fear away and realize that you know we're not called to live in the spirit of fear and that we are overcomers and that we're not in this alone and there is a bigger purpose for all of it so it's it's very easy i think to get just self-wrapped into it and you you have to step away and just realize that um, we're healthy. You know, our, our businesses are, it's tangible monetary, it's stuff. Yeah. And so the things that we have to hold on to is um, the, the lesson learning and the people that have supported us and our families and our church friends and, you know, kind of reprioritize a little bit because I, I felt like, my mind just raced for weeks and weeks and weeks and um, had to learn a lot about just kind of reminding myself how to um, be calm and to rest and to realize that I'm not in control. Clearly, we're not in control. (laughs) Clearly, if we were, maybe things, uh, we might do things a little differently, but there is a bigger plan for it all. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say, um, I had to, when I started this, I kind of think of it as a small business and people were like, um, are you on YouTube? Are you, can I see you? And I kept going, I don't want to be seen. So I can relate to that a lot of like, I don't want to be seen, but it is more feasible for people in a way. It's, it's very different. Um, I did come up with a surprise question. If you guys have an answer, I'll give you a minute to think about it. Um, What's one blessing that you've seen through this season that he's done? I mean, you might have many, you know, of things where he came through in the end and you were like, oh my goodness, wow. Um, things that you've seen that where God has pulled through and you, you cannot doubt that it's, you have to know that it's him and that. Give you guys a minute. For me, it's every single thing has been provided for every single um, piece of my business every single new person that comes in and um, I get to either meet them minister to them um, it, it everything comes from him 100% at this time in my life I don't I don't look at anything any any different um, 
and it, you know, through my devotions and through my prayer time, I'm constantly reminded by him, even if it's just a little, I'm, I'm going to provide everything. And you know, this too will pass. I will get my manis and my petties back. I know I will. God loves me that much. I'm his girl. And so, but right now, he's just going to provide what we need. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. I think for us, there obviously are a lot of um, lessons turned blessings in this process. Uh, for me, being able to have a part and being impactful with the with the hospital and frontline staff, that I know we were we were useful to them. They felt like um, that we were reaching out to them on behalf of the community and you know we were being used as hands and feet and at that point i mean we've had so many calls and messages i i mean i'm not kidding we i would go on delivery to set up these meals and before i would even make it back to the shop i had doctors calling the, the my shop and just saying thank you you know before at the beginning especially um, before the uh, larger groups in the community were reaching out, they would call my store and just say, thank you guys. This was incredible. We had a hard day today. You know, we're, we're really struggling with planning or we, you know, had a sick patient today and this meant a lot. Um, we had a program where when we delivered a meal to the healthcare workers, we allowed the person who purchased that meal to write a note. And so we took all of these notes and we hand wrote them out on behalf of our customers and delivered them. And these notes were incredible. I mean, people spent time and they thought about it and they shared their experiences in the war or when they were um, working as a nurse in California and when they're, uh, when their family member was ill and how the hospital staff was so integral and then getting them through that so that part for us was really cool and it was neat to see our staff be able to be involved in that instead of just being worker bees and not really having a lot of ownership into it they my staff wrote out all of these notes and they hand packed them all and that was um that was that was really really neat and impactful for everybody wow that's cool how about you emily um i mean there's so many you know, blessings that we've had. Um, but, you know, just sitting here trying to think of something. It was probably a couple weeks into shutdown. And, you know, it was another, it was an evening where it was a heavy heart, like worried about everything. Um, and I happened to be putting laundry away. And Rex sings on the worship team. He sings. And he was just singing this beautiful hymn. And I just had this feeling like I should video this and posted on Cairns. And I just felt like God was like, this is something where everybody's seeing nothing but negative out there. And so I recorded and he had no idea and I posted it. And I mean, we still get people saying, messages saying, you know, can he do more worship songs? And so like that moment, like I was just putting laundry and I was like, I need to record this. And so I felt like, in, still, I mean, we're reaching people from so many other states and they're like, does he have an album? I'm like, no, he doesn't have an album. I just like, but I just felt like in all this negativity, like he was just in there, thought he was just singing in our living room. And it was just one of the prettiest moments, like 
So that's something I really. Wow. So. That's cool. I have to say, like, when I was moving forward this podcast, I was nervous about how to um, promote it on all the different, you know, podcast um, channels and who I had to be and how much did I have to pay. And one day I checked on this app, Anchor app, and um, it said, oh, well, this during this pandemic, we're going to offer that we're going to produce your podcast on all channel, like all platforms. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I can't believe that I came across that right in the beginning. And God totally blessed me by saying, you know what? Don't worry about this. This is we're going to work out. And I was totally blown away. So I, I was thinking about that when I was you know, before I asked you the question. So I just I think it's kind of cool how the way God comes and blesses us through the process of stepping out on something that we're feeling called to do. I mean, you guys are called to do this. This is your business one, but wouldn't you say that you feel called and that this is your part of who you are and your ministry and your dreams? I mean, it is. Um, so I have one other last question, and um, I. I didn't. I feel bad. <laughs> I have another surprise, but what are okay? So it's a two part. If is there another business that you would like to mention that you have learned from that you've watched and respected as they walked it out, and then or is there a resource that you wanted to give people a book or a website or something that you've read that helped you through this time? I'm a big entrepreneur.com. Um, reader and I read a lot of Forbes so of course those are secular but I do love um, reading about business and reading about leadership that kind of thing I always have I, I love to um, I'll never arrive so I love to just keep on learning yeah um, so that's that's probably where I go I so many small businesses Sarah's always been at Bloom, um, a mentor of mine. She has been for years, actually. She was a leader in healthcare to me um, and gave me several chances, actually. And um, so definitely um, her coming alongside me meant like everything. Um, there's a couple little boutiques, uh, Willow Boutique in Pleasant Hill. She opened up and had to close right up to... So she's been a great friend. Expressions Boutique, it's the coolest thing in downtown Lee Summit. Dara's been a friend of mine for years, and her store was next to my store, my old store, actually. And just talking to her has just been a blessing, you know, and, and uh, just getting real and raw. Um, so, it, yeah, so I, I guess if I would have to call those businesses out, that's what I would do. That's cool. What was the, okay, so it was Bloom, Willow Boutique, and what was the third one? Expressions Boutique Expressions. on Douglas and Downtown Lee Summit. Yeah. Okay. 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 Anybody else? Well, I have a bunch. Imagine that. <laughs> um, once again, because we're on the, the ninth iteration of Bloom in the last four months, it feels like every three weeks we're pivoting and, and having to uh, develop new... the previous relationships into some sort of new relationship. But one of the other cool things that we got to be involved with in the beginning of all of this was supporting in downtown Kansas City several community kitchens. And whether that was donating or donating time, product, donating um, just an ear, ideas. So we worked with 
uh, a restaurant called Black Sheep Community Kitchen, one of my favorite chefs in town. And we've had a relationship for years just as, as I've provided bread for them. And when they uh, converted their restaurant into Community Kitchen, we really the need for out of work service industry workers was became really apparent. These people were um, the, the, not the high, you know not the highest paid employees to begin with. So you take away their source of income, and like it was bare necessities at that point, just getting people the ability to eat. So that that has been cool. We were able to contribute to the Crossroads Community Kitchen as well, which served I don't know something like. 50,000 meals over the last few months. And um, those relationships evolved into some more solidified relationships now with our local farmers. And so we've gotten, it's kind of forced us back to our roots on a lot of levels where really the whole purpose of having a business down in the farmer's market district is so that we share product and we purchase locally and our food doesn't travel six states, it travels you know, 60 minutes and things like supplier issues have once again reinforced that those relationships are so important because my farmer and Carney bar and family farms can get me pork because he grows his pork there and it's not going through the whole processing plant process. You know, that, that whole um, supply chain hiccup and all these problems that they're having. And uh, we work with a, a farm in Le uh, Lexington now called Farmeyer Family Farms. And we've actually got another whole line of product that we are selling out of these farm stores now. If people aren't coming down to the market in droves anymore, then we're going out into their communities and we're feeding them out there. And it's just been a whole other way for us to continue to weather all of this. Um, and I have so much respect for these farmers who have been hurt and hit by all of this in the beginning as well. I mean, a lot of these guys service restaurants as a large portion of their business, as do we. Um, and when those businesses, when those restaurants aren't operating, you know, there goes all of your, your wholesale business, your eggs, your bread, your meat, your bacon. Um, so they've been re-energized into opening and expanding their general stores so that the community can come in and safely shop with a few other customers and had, instead of having to wait in lines at, at Costco. And we've been able to kind of ride that wave with them. And I feel like that piece of this model that we have right now is not going to be temporary. I feel like it's going to be a long-term um, a longer term relationship with customers and with those farmers. And we're all kind of learning together. It, that, it's been really, that has been really fun. I'm really enjoying that part right now, getting back to just the basics of necessities. What do people need and how can we provide them and how can we, how can we get it to them in a way that they feel safe to, uh, to be able to shop with us. That's cool. That was a long answer. That's okay. That was good. So you're just like the farms and the feeding and the kitchens that you've been mm -hmm. able to work with. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Emily. Yeah. So for, for me, 
there's been so many businesses downtown with the, you know, us purchasing Cameron's, Candace at Whistle Stop, Melissa at Berry Violet, but my biggest mentor has been the previous owners. So, you know, we interviewed, it was a private sale. We had to get, you know, they had to love our family and we fell in love with them, but Amy, they owned this business for 19 years. And I mean, she is a mentor and, you know, when this all hit, I mean, she had never experienced, she was calling me every day, like, what do you need? I mean, I just can't say enough about the previous owners of Cameron's. They've just been so awesome. I mean, she went to market with me in January. I mean, so Amy Robertson has been such a huge mentor to me. So, so grateful for her. That's really cool. That's cool. That's cool. So, we're coming to the end and I just thank you so much. And I want to reiterate what Tina said. I really hope that this is a, um, like an empathy for people going through this process. I mean, that's really what I want. And I wanted to encourage other people and say, there's people out there that are surviving and this is how they're surviving. And this is what God's doing in their life. I mean, that was really what I wanted for the most. And I was so grateful that you guys were willing to come on here with me and discuss these things. Cause I just, hope that it encourages someone out there who's struggling through the process of their small business. I know it's, it's really tough. And um, I just love the way you guys have walked this out. Really. I've watched you guys and it's been impressive and it's blessed me. And I know it, I hope it blesses other people just as much as it has blessed me. So I'm going to let you guys go. <laughs> All right. Bye, Bye you guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you Sunday, Tina.